Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. This week, I'm talking to two creative people, the men behind the new gay thriller Kiss Me, Kill Me, the writer David Michael Barrett, and the director Casper Andreas. They both made a lot of other movies in the past. Um, David was the man that wrote Such Good People. Casper's other films include A Four-Letter Word and uh, Going Down in La La Land. So uh, they're... um, Smart, fun, cool people, and their movie's really fun. It's like a, it's like Agatha Christie meets Queer as Folk. It's a fun whodunit, and it keeps you guessing right up until the end. But before we get to those guys, uh, I want to give a shout-out to somebody who generously donated to my uh, virtual tip jar, Eric Ligner. Thank you very much. If you want to do that, you can do it at DennisAnyone.net. It helps me keep the podcast free. And with the last episode, I started a Patreon page where I will post special content for patrons of me, and a few people have already jumped on that. I really appreciate it. Um, and you can learn about that at patreon.com and just search for Dennis Anyone or go to dennisanyone.net or the Dennis Anyone Facebook page, and you'll see the links there. The first um, Patreon bonus episode is all Willem Belli doing questions from the observation deck with the occasional tangent that we go off on. And I think we went off on a, a Michelle Visage tangent. I think we went on a tangent about dicks and how he likes them, what kind he likes. Anyway, Willem is never, never fails to deliver the funny and interesting and honest. So if you want more Willem, that's one way to get it. All right. Without any further ado, here are David Michael Barrett and Casper Andreas. Hey there, I am coming to you from the very charming home of David Michael Barrett. He is the screenwriter of the new film that's coming out on DVD and also video on demand, Kiss Me, Kill Me. We're also here with the director, Casper Andreas. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, Dennis. All right. That's, you? Okay, why don't you say... Uh, uh, I'm David. That's what David's voice sounds yes. like. I sound like an American. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Casper. I also sound like an American. Yes. There yes. you go. Awesome. And you're the director. Um, this movie's really fun. It's really stylish. And it kept me guessing. It's okay. like a it's like a murder mystery <laughs> set in LA. That's the idea. <laughs> right? No, there was lots of good twists and I didn't see, you know, it's a fun who done it. So, I want to first talk about how you guys met. What do you what do you remember about meet, meeting each other? We met um, years ago we had this years ago now. Um, we had this other project we were trying to go a script that I wrote that was in the Outfest screenwriting lab uh, called Over the Rainbow. And that was optioned by some producers and we Brought Casper, we found Casper, uh, brought him on the project, and that project never happened, but Casper and I became friends. And then when I had written this, um, he was really the only person I thought to direct it, and I gave it to him, and he's like, yeah, I, I like it, but I have some notes. <laughs> so you should have some notes. How many pages are we talking about? Pages of notes? I don't know if we... Oh. I'm over the, over the years. Oh. Yeah, but, thousands, but we, thousands. We, de- we developed the script together for yeah, a while. Definitely. After, from definitely. that initial... Um, when I from when initially read it, um, and um, but yeah, I always I always uh, love these type of films like you know this kind of murder mystery. Yeah, type it's of got thing. a little so basic instincty, and you yeah. know, and I never done anything like that before, so I was very excited about making this film. And I thought the suspense parts, the mystery parts, worked really well. The way they were shot, like they were really like you know you 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 were like kind of on the edge of your seat, like what the fuck's happening, kind of situation. Well, one of the things when you just said you know how did we. You were surprised. You started by saying you were surprised by the twists and turns. That was one of the things that we really worked on in the rewrite. Was rewrites was to really make 
to, to load the film with as many twists and turns, red herrings, not, you know, I mean, one of the things we did was make everybody look as guilty as possible. Yeah, yeah, no, it couldn't which, have been, you're, which, every scene you're like, oh, that's the person. Which works really <laughs> oh, well. Oh, they got, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. A, uh, a colorful group of characters like that. And then the other thing uh, was to um, layer in, I don't want to give away any spoilers, layer in who the killer is uh, in ways earlier in the script so that it's not... So it doesn't come out completely yeah. out of the blue. Right, 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 right. So right. if you went back and watched it again, it would be like, oh, right. I well, I mean, there, there's clues. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. What was the original inspiration for you, David? Well, like Casper just said, we, uh, we both have always loved these Alfred Hitchcock, uh, Agatha Christie-style whodunits. And um, I grew up just obsessed with all the Hitchcock films. And I... And, and film noir. And not only did I think it was like perfect subject matter for a gay treatment, because there's never really been a movie like this. Um, I, I came, I, I happened upon this plot. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about it. I happened upon something that happens in the movie. Let's just <laughs> right. say that. And I thought, oh, that's a really good plot device. And then I right. kind of worked backward and sort of filled in the blanks from there. Um, and that has to do with the, the plot point that I'm talking about has to do with hypnosis. Right. Um, there's a number of hypnosis scenes right. in the in the film. Did and you do some research into that? Yeah, I did. I yeah. Did. I did. What and surprised you about it? Um, I, I could tell you, but that would be giving away the... The, um, the twist. The twist. Have you been hypnotized? Uh, I've been uh, <laughs> dickmatized. <laughs> That's just as good. So somebody swings their dick in front of you back and forth, and pretty soon you're remembering uh, shit that happened? I can't believe I said that. That's Okay. I can't believe you said it either. Right. Um, all right. So yes, I do. I can't believe I that is the line in the movie. I frankly. spoke to a. Um, That's true. She I spoke it. to a hypnotist. I was hypnotized uh, as much as I could be. I guess. Um, I, you know, it's, hypnosis is the perfect subject matter for right. um, for uh, film noir. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, our, our main character, Dusty, does. Uh, you know, he. He blacks out and he he doesn't remember what happened when when his partner got murdered. So, so right. then he he has to try to figure that out. And hypnosis is is one of the ways. One of the ways he to, tries to recover yeah. his memory. Mm-hmm. Now you got Gail Harold in there as from Queerest Folk, yes. and I liked. I thought your whole cast was great. I loved the guy so that played Dusty. Van so Hansen's. versatile, really yeah, good, fantastic. really attractive. But like. When he when he freaks out after he finds out what happened to his boyfriend, like I'm like, oh, that's the real shit. Like he's digging deep. So in, yeah, in it's an amazing scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so great. Good. He's really great. We were very lucky to get him. Um, he has been nominated for four Emmys uh, for, for Young and Restless or as a World Turns. Yeah. Um, and he was on a gay web series called Eastsiders, which right. is now on Netflix. Which he also was nominated. For which an he was Emmy always for. also nominated for an Emmy for. Um, but Van is not just an incredible actor. I mean, I think one of the great things about Van is he really, as, as an actor, really makes you root for him. And that's something we really wanted for our hero in the film. Um, but the other thing is Van as a human being is just, he's just an incredible guy because, you know, we shot the film in 18 days and uh, mostly night shoots and a lot of dialogue and a lot of, uh, you know, there's some violence, the, the, uh, you know, it's just, it was a very intense experience making the film and he was up for all of it and really delivered. And I mean, I'm just really blown away by the work he did on the film. And I, I think that, you know, like I said, we were very lucky to get him. Did you offer it to him or did you yeah. do auditions or how did that work? Um, 
You want to take this? Uh, yeah, no, we uh, we offered it to him. We had, uh, you know, we um, I don't think we auditioned anyone for the role. We were there are different people we were considering, right? And uh, then um, uh, we actually got in touch with him through um, uh, Kit, Kit Williamson, Williamson, who uh, who did the show Eastsiders. Then right, the and he's also in the film. Kit yes. Williamson is also in the film, and he said like he suggested like you know Ben is really you know could really play this role, and we're like oh yes he could. Yeah. So you I were actually, already thinking that too. So Van and I were both in New York at the time, so we ended up meeting up there and, and talk about the project, and he was all excited about it. And so, uh, you know, after it was a, you, it's you, a big decision hiring your lead actor. You had a, yeah, you had no, a really it's the great whole movie. meeting. You, he's got to work. I did, yeah. And then and then and then he was in LA, and then I had a meeting with Van. Oh, okay. And you know, we both just really fell in love. But we didn't actually get to see him play this role because we, you know, he wasn't like we didn't want really want him. You know, obviously, yeah, we weren't gonna read this for us here. Yeah, in the or with with a part like this in a movie like this, I think it really would would take somebody that's had enough. This was our thinking, at least enough experience. Like either on a TV series, which he does, um, and certainly the four, four Emmy nominations is, is you know, an yeah. uh, uh, endorsement. Um, but we wanted, we didn't want to just bring in actors, just general actors, and have them audition. We wanted somebody who would, could, we knew could deliver in terms of what we were going to ask them. And, um, and Van, Van's just amazing. He's amazing. There's a lot of funny lines in it about West Hollywood. Like, there's a little bit of a commentary about, you know, that this is set there and yes. the values are West there. West Hollywood is murder. Is yes. West Hollywood is murder is the tagline. He's yes. holding up the DVD. It, I love that stuff. Was that always in the script? Is that yes, something you've definitely, observed? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely in the script from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, West Hollywood is a crazy place. <laughs> yeah. Because you live, you live on the east side. Well, right? I... As a young gay, I lived in West Hollywood. <laughs> and it's its own thing. It I've is. never lived there. I've obviously I been mean, there a lot. I mean, you know, it's an amazing place because it's the most beautiful man on earth. Every every beautiful gay guy from all over the world, all over the country, is told, you should go to Hollywood. Right. And if they're gay, they end up in West Hollywood. And, you know, you've been to the Abbey, and it's just, it's insane what, what these guys look like. Yeah, the Abbey can be a black hole of self-esteem. And, and that, creates, <laughs> that creates its own culture. And that's part of one of the things that we we were trying to really capture in the movie. And um, we're making fun of it a bit. Well, we're having fun. With it. We're having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a super. But we were actually the movie. Thing. Ironically, the movie was actually sponsored by the city of West Hollywood. Yeah, no. Well, it looks and, really and, great. Yeah, like, and they have a, a it repu- looks slick. They have a reputation for for being very challenging to shoot there. Yeah. So um, they were actually incredible. This, this How did you city, get them? City of uh, you knew somebody there that um, guy, was AG, it AC 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 just to Andy. Yeah, Andy. a lot of people helped us making Alan. this film happen. We, you know, right. I got a lot of support from people, and I was a, a friend of mine who introduced us to someone who worked at the Visit West, West Hollywood. Right, which is also called idea. Film West Hollywood. Film right. West and Hollywood. they helped us uh, get some of the permits at, at a lower rate. Oh, so that's how they contributed by yes, by helping yes, with yeah. permitting and stuff. Because like that's that. the thing with shooting West Hollywood. Um, you know, every filmmaker making films here kind of knows yeah. that to avoid it because it's very difficult. I, I'm still wondering what expensive. they're going to think of our tagline. But I, 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 <laughs> I think they should like it. Right. I, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a murder it's, it's movie. That's what it it's is. It's an affectionate. That's what these yes. movies are. Um, they, people get killed and shit goes down. It was also important just to actually shoot in West Hollywood, which yeah. we did. We shot the Pink Dot. We shot at. Um, uh, here Lounge, which yeah, is... Yeah, I recognize here. Um, and uh, Sunset Boulevard. And um, where else in West Hollywood? Is that it? Um, oh, in the house. The big house. The house is... Yeah, the house now is that opening scene, 
Did you have a drone? Yes, we did. Okay, because it was like this amazing aerial shot. I was like, wow. <laughs> I wonder if they had a chopper or a drone. What's it like to shoot with a drone? Um, Is it you know, easy? I, I was very little involved, actually. It was right. my, my DP and, and, uh, and our assistant camera uh, guy. Uh, he actually owned the drone, so they were just doing it, and, you know, I couldn't see it. You're like, this we, is what I want. We couldn't watch it until later, you know, and it wasn't like we were connected to a video right. feed, so we were just like, just okay, let's your just, we, we tried to get, for that opening scene, is the film opens with this big party, and yeah. we wanted the house to look like it's filled with people. Yes. But when you see it from up far, you know, from a far away, and it's a big house, you know, big terrace and everything, we had like, I don't know, 70 people there or something. It doesn't look yeah. as busy as we would have liked, but you know, there was... It feels like a busy party. Yeah, it was like just, a really glamorous cinematic. So, sh- yeah. Shooting that scene was, was my, my only concern. I was like, get everyone out there, get them moving, have everyone move around so it looks yeah. like yes. there's a lot of people. So that was my concern when we shot it. And then later, you know, I actually got to see it. it uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful shot. It's yeah. A great way oh, to those three totally shots and then, and then, you know, the, the sort of the falling into the pool. Yeah. Kind of the hypnosis of it. We go right into a hypnosis scene right after that. I, your movie looks a lot more expensive than it probably was. It looks really slick and like the surfaces and the car. He has a beautiful convertible that he's yeah. zipping yes. around. The car, the car belonged to our executive producer, <laughs> Frederick Malmberg. There you go. We also shot at his house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if we had, if we, the film uh, would be, it's a very expensive film. If, if, if everyone got paid what they should have been paid and, and if, you know, we had to actually pay for all our locations and, and pay for... Uh, you know all the everything that we yeah, ended absolutely. up getting, and we ended up getting a lot of stuff for free the, and, and donations. There and are literally it would have been a very expensive movie. There are literally yeah. thousands of people who have come together to. I'm not exaggerating to make our film. So did and you do uh, crowdfunding? We yes, did, we did, yes. But I, yes, we'll talk about that. We talked. We did the crowd, the crowdsourcing, the crowd. We did a Kickstarter. But in addition to the Kickstarter, I mean, one of the great things about living in LA is we are in this creative community, especially the gay creative community, and there's a lot of people who just get into the spirit of, you know, we're putting on a show. Yeah. And you know this. And people people showed up and really, you know, they just, they volunteered in every way they could. Um, and, and, and that's a really tremendous, amazing thing about making a film like this. Because it's not people's conception of L.A. It certainly isn't mine a lot of the time. But I've really experienced it, and it's amazing. It's very, in my limited experience, it's very heartwarming when you see people come together and maybe you're giving them El Pollo Loco. Like, they just want to be a part of something. Yeah. And I think they appreciate the balls it takes to try to pull a, pull a production like that together and see it through. Because it's not like, oh, I have to be really uh, disciplined for a month. It's like years of your life to yeah. sort of bring something like this Well, we're to tremendously grateful to all, all of them. Yeah, there's yeah. so many people who came out to be extras in the scenes and... and uh, Across the board, everybody. We had people helping out in every department, you know, people work, you know, volunteering. Interns. Yeah. Love it. Interns. Now, you did a Kickstarter thing for it. Had you we done did. one before for any of your previous projects? Yes. We yes. had both done them before. I had never attempted such a big campaign before, and David hadn't either as big, but you, his campaigns had been bigger. But we, uh, our goal was to raise a hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and and we did put in there in there that if we don't raise this money, uh, it's not going to happen. And you know that's something people say, but that really that's what the it case was. We would not have been able to make it if we hadn't been able to get that money together. I've never done one, but I know people that have, and it's like a full time job while it's happening. It, it was a full time job a, for at least. And a you're month. a nervous wreck, thinking oh, we're not going to we make it. it. Yeah, it yeah. How but down you know, to the wire good. did you no, come? It was the good thing about it is you know it was it was slimming. 
lost weight. Well, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. So I highly recommend it. I mean, I was the Kickstarter diet. I was actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I wrote a. I wrote a, a piece for the uh, Huffington Post called the Kickstarter Diet. Oh really? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna check that out. It's so funny. Yeah. I, I was actually uh, lucky enough to have been cast on Hawaii Five O in a in a little part. I uh, saw that on your IMDb. Yeah, so I was actually in Hawaii for like a week working on this case. I mean, I couldn't go to the beach. You know, the days I yeah. had off, I wasn't able to go to the beach. I that's, was just working this Kickstarter. You were on your laptop Kickstarter. But at least I was in Paris. That's a doing high it. class problem. I know. I, was, yeah. I mean, I just want to take a moment here. I was in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii, and all I did was on Hawaii Five O. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't to go beach. to the beach. Oh, how did you? Can you imagine? Scott Con is a sexy motherfucker. Yes, yes. He he's very short. He's short, right? He's tiny. <laughs> I didn't have any scenes with him, but the yeah. Yes. Who were your scenes with? Uh, with the other main guy. What's the his lead name? guy. Mm-hmm. The handsome brunette guy. And the, yeah. Oops, the phone's ringing. That's okay. It's, telephone. it's part of our life. It is. Do you need to get it? Do we need to no. pause? <laughs> it's the landline. I love that old, that old school <laughs> ring. It feels like well, something out of a Hitchcock movie. Phone? It's actually an elephant. Is it? I love that. You I'm got to take a picture of that. I want to see that. So, um, uh, yeah, but so the Kickstarter campaign, we, our goal was to raise 100000 and uh, and we we thought, actually, we, we made it like a week before, or five days before the yeah. deadline. We, oh, that's we made $130,000. Uh, yeah, so, but we reached 100000 and five, and we are like, okay, that's it. No one's going to give us any more money. But it was interesting yeah. that people actually, once we actually had reached our goal, people were, we, we raised a lot of more money in a very yeah. short time. We raised 100, ended up yeah. raising 130000 what which, advice which would you give to needed. people um, doing their I, first Kickstarter campaign? Well, I would say about the entire endeavor of making this film, doing the Kickstarter campaign, to just do it. Just jump in and do it. And that's the only way you're going to really kind of figure it out and learn how to do it. But, you know, we're here to tell you it's possible. Um, the thing that we were very, you know, both of us had made movies before. Casper's made, you've made like nine movies. You've now. made a ton of features. <laughs> well, features so that makes a movie every more. 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but we both had, had, had done this before. I'd raised money for my film, Such Good People. I right. two campaigns where I raised also $130,000. But, but, um, the thing we did, we were very strategic about the campaign. In fact, we didn't cast the movie per se. We cast the Kickstarter campaign. That's not so, 100% true. I mean, it was a combination. Yeah, you know. but I'm not saying... We wanted we, to find actors no, who, who also it was, it was the whole, were it was willing the to help us, you know, make the Kickstarter it was, campaign. It was the combination. We didn't just throw anybody in, in our Kickstarter campaign. We How did you use actors in your Kickstarter campaign? We actually did, uh, you know, one thing that we did in preparation for the campaign was that we, we, we uh, had Alison Lane, who... Uh, yes. Actress also in my film. She, she's in a lot of your films, and she's always fun yeah, when I so hang fun. out with her at Outfest. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah so Allison, uh, we had her. We got her to to do little. She met with all you know different cast members, and we did little interviews with each of them, talking about the film and the campaign, and that we posted throughout the campaign. Yes. So, so all the actors, pretty much, pretty much all the actors made themselves available for this, and and so they were all kind of very supportive and in helping promoting the the campaign and and you know the movie in the process. That's we did. Right. We did a lot of prep work for the kids. We didn't just like throw it throw all on the website out. and hit hit go. We um, we we spent a lot of time on the video that we did, the two of us, and and in that we featured Shot right here, and we featured our cast, <laughs> and 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 we did cast people that we knew had followings that right. were also really great actors. I mean, I don't think there's a one week performance in the film. I love our cast. Our cast has been tremendously. Yeah, supportive. everybody's really good. Jay and Rodriguez is Jay great Rodriguez in a different kind of part. Um, but uh, part of the support of, that our cast has been to us has been 
you know, to sort of go on this journey with us. And most of the cast, I'd say about 95% of the cast are filmmakers also. So they all kind of get it. And they got, and they, we told them up front what we were going to do in terms of raising money online. And some of them, like Kit Williamson had done a Kickstarter campaign for his Eastsiders. So a lot of these people had been, had been incredibly familiar with the whole process. They know the drill. Yeah. And, um, and those that weren't were like, sure, I'm up for it. Like, um, one of the people who's just tremendous in the film is Brianna Brown, and she's a huge TV star. She's a series regular on Devious Maids, and she's been on Homeland. And and um, uh, she's the lawyer. She's the lawyer. Yeah, she's really good. And she's like, you know, world class actress, an amazing human being, like the real deal. And we are we were so lucky to get her. And she participated. She did a video to help us with the um, the Kickstarter campaign, and she tweeted about it. And I mean. You know, it's it's really kind of amazing what what you can achieve if you kind of just sort of put yourself out there and, and, and work hard and really try and do it. What was your quirkiest reward that people got uh, for donating? Quirkiest? Or really like your quirky. biggest ones? Well, we had all the kind of the standard ones, T-shirts, DVDs. Uh, we Oh, I'll tell you the quirkiest ones. It's, it's easy. We gave away speaking parts in the film. Oh, yeah. That's, for wow. 2500 bucks, we... You you could appear in the film. You would get your own at least one line of dialogue. One line of dialogue written specifically for them. So Casper interviewed them, and some of them were people we already knew. You know, this was people after they had you know yeah. donated the money. How many campaign. how many people did you have to figure out? Uh, eight people. It was eight people. Wow. Yeah. That, okay. That's not that easy to do when you've but, got a tight script and you're like. What, what, what did, the, you, I thought, did I thought, jump out at you? No, you jump, no one jumped out at me. It's yeah. like, oh, that's clearly a contest winner or something. Uh, right. <laughs> no, I think, I think yeah. David did an amazing job because, like, oh my God, how are we going to find roles for all these people? But he did, like, uh, who were some of them? Um, the priest uh, is a guy named Stephen Shaw. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's a, a really the amazing guy named Didi who is Pierce. He's this Asian uh, friend of mine. Uh, he's actually from, from Bali. He. Um, did a line he, he's a line, party. He's a line in the party. He goes up to Allison Lane and Jackie Monahan says something. That he um, loves the there's a, a, the guard yeah. at uh, at the um, security guard. The security at, guard at, at, at Here Lounge. Um, the, I said the priest. The, um, the, the ambulance. Uh, the woman. The ambulance. The woman. In, uh, the ambulance paramedic. There's a cop outside. An undercover cop outside at Dusty's house at one point. Uh, like right. Right. Oh yeah. 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 He goes up to him and he says, "Yeah, that, that, woman, yeah. that woman's amazing." And she um, she flew herself from Germany. She, she flew herself from Frankfurt to come in. To, to <laughs> How does that happen? Because she was a big she was a big queer spoke fan. Oh, awesome! So she wanted to be a part of it, and she's she was also in uh, my film, Such Good People. So that was uh, you know that's the second time you have Randy Harrison in that, <laughs> right? And you have Gail Harold yeah. in in this one. How did you get Gail Gail Harold? Um, I had met him through. Uh, Randy Harrison, right? And um, when uh, and then I, I had started. We started like this emailing each other, and and I just told him how you know amazing he was on that show. Like like he he was just phenomenal. And um, you know I just kind of finally said to him in one of these emails, I said, "Don't be surprised if I offer you a part one day." And he wrote me back and said, "I love it." And then I actually did it. <laughs> and and he was know, he was he an easy was he a yes? Because it's kind of a similar part to what he played on, on Queer as Folk in some ways. There's some differences, he's, he's, but it's very he's I, a sexy guy some, that everyone wants. I have some theories about it. It's like it's almost like it's it's an extension of that character and kind of you know like if that character had left 
wherever that takes place Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> and moved to LA, I could imagine yeah. him being a reality TV star, yeah. or a producer, and and you know, hopefully, you know, brutally killed. But <laughs> yeah, um, but Gail Gail's an amazing guy. I mean, and uh, really added so much to the whole film and that part. And he, you know, I, I got off the phone with him, with Gail, and I, I said to Kat, I called Casper, I'm like, we have a movie now. Yeah, he, I, I remember when we first met with him to, to talk about the project. I think, you know, he wanted to sit down and meet and stuff before we, everything was right, of course. done. But, but he, uh, and he, uh, you know, he definitely, you know, he was saying, actually, we met right here. Yeah. But he was saying how, you know, he really, I know this guy, character, I know who this guy is. I've seen, you know, these type of people around in, yeah. in Hollywood. And I know. It's like, yeah, I know. I, you and, know, and, and he was he, also very attracted to the type of film that we were making. Like, he's never. Um, I think he said he's never been in a in like a you know this kind of noir, noir thriller yeah. before. And he, he always had some ideas about how to shape the character, which were really great ideas. And yeah. So we, yeah, we worked. I, you know, we we did some changes for him that he wanted, and um, but ultimately, I think that turned, you know, made his made sense. You know, I, I love when actors have. Ideas that are good. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, an actor, When they have one that's bad, what do you say? Uh, you're like, that's interesting. No, that, I'm going to think that, about that. That's food for thought. I that's actually, food for thought. I actually, I actually read somewhere, like, you know, how to make a... You know, how to direct actors book or whatever. I used to read a lot of those books and saying, like, you can't... You know, when an actor comes up with you with an idea, you know, when you're shooting, you know, give them something, but don't give them everything they ask for because you need to put them in their place. That's right. <laughs> right. It's probably not that bad of advice, actually. I yeah. Don't know yeah. <laughs> But I, I love when I have actors actually who who uh, I mean but not, yeah, not necessarily I am yeah but I love I love working I started as an actor I love working with actors but I I think I try to always meet with the actors before making a film like to really go over all their scenes to talk you know because they have ideas and they have thoughts about why am I saying this line or you know they want to talk about things and it, it's good when you make a low budget film in 18 days yeah you don't have time to do all that right. while you're in the middle right. of shooting right. so I try to meet with everyone in advance and let them, you know, express all those thoughts and, and talk about it and make changes if needed. And you probably discover things when they I say something like, so oh, I didn't see that. No, I have actors like, I don't understand why I'm saying this line. It doesn't, it contradicts what I'm saying. And it's like, oh my God, I never thought of that. You know, right. like we have to change that. It's things right. like that, you know, it's, but they only focus on their role. So they, they have a better insight sometimes than even, you know, the writer yeah, or when I have written absolutely. a script. I feel the like, actors, great actors have great ideas. Yeah. I love the pink dot is such a mm-hmm. prominent part of your movie because pink dot is this place on Sunset Boulevard and they deliver, you know, beer, whatever you want. Vodka. It's a sort of like before the Ubering of everything, right, right. Pink Dot was there and they're still there. And I love that. Like, tell me about the night of Pink Dot. It just always like, <laughs> well, it always just cracked me up a little because uh, it's such a, specific, <laughs> it's such a specific place. It's, it's, it's not a convenience store. It's, it's iconic. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Pink, we all for, know where for, it is. For West Hollywood, it's iconic. Absolutely. Why did you, um, why did you like, I'm going to have well, this all go I, down at Pink Dot. Because, you know, it could have taken place in a 7-Eleven, but how boring was that? It's not the same. And, um, you know, when I was writing the script originally, I had imagined their house up in the Hollywood Hills and they walked, you know, I wanted the character to walk down to Sunset Boulevard to a convenience store. And it wasn't, if you live in LA or West Hollywood, it's not that much of a leap. And Pink Dot is That's like, the first I, place you would think of. I put it in the script because I just thought anybody in LA would immediately know what that is. And it's just so kind of quirky and weird. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, it's got this little, uh, you know, figure uh, like, their brand ambassador, whatever it's called. Something from the 1980s. Like, like with something. a little pink, it's a little pink, pink smiley red. pink dot. Um, and it's kind of, you know, the, the pink and the blue actually 
our cinematographer used to inform the whole color palette of the film. Yeah, it was interesting going to the Pink Dot with my my director of photography, Reiner Lipsky, who who I love. Yeah, uh, he He's when, when uh, we went there to you know like this is a you know this is the location we were thinking we want to shoot if we can get them to agree to it. And uh, and he and he immediately like loved it. It's like oh, this is perfect. You know, this is such a stark contrast to these fancy houses in the hills and stuff. This is right. very you know, a, a very. He thought it was really good. But the, but then we um, we looked at other convenience stores as well because Pink Dot honestly was a bit difficult um, uh, to work with. Right. Well, you got them. <laughs> we got them. Yeah. But but so we were looking at other places and, and I was like hey, maybe we should just shoot it over here. But but Ryan really wanted like no, we should do Pink Dot. We should do Pink Dot. And so, well, it's where the murder happens. So it's kind of like <laughs> right, do I as a right. business owner do I want this? You know, do I want to? Do have I want a, we, a, we are a eternally homicide to occur in my <laughs> yeah, exactly. place of business? Well, evidently we, they did. But we fans were, of the movie would go there and buy a Snickers or something. Yeah, I know. No people. No, he he. I did talk talk to the owner about that. He's like, you know, if the, when the film comes out, you know, it will be. Uh, iconic place, yeah, yeah, uh, for for a film They've part of film things. history. They have shot other things there, shot, like uh, uh, HBO series, that Entourage, I think. Entourage, shot there. yeah, yeah. So he's he got used to have been from that knew how to ask for a lot of money, which we couldn't pay him. So yeah. we managed to we, we negotiate we negotiate down for sure, but it ended up costing us a lot more than we had wanted. But right. we, but we really felt it's like worth it. The thing was great. The thing was, you know, we were talking about night shoots earlier that we literally had to shoot there. We shot there two nights, and it was like from. Like 10 p.m. We to couldn't get into the store though until 10 like to 2 a.m. We could start shooting. Yeah, it was just insane. It the, was, the store wouldn't close down for us until 2 a.m. in the morning, and we had to be out, out, out of there at 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So and it was, it was crazy and it was, it was really, really <laughs> challenging. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, nobody was happy. <laughs> yeah. Our cast, I, like, some of our cast members would show up and I'd see them and like, oh, you're in this scene. And they're like, thanks for writing me this scene. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Two nights in and, a row and like we that. had, you know, we, we did scenes of violence there too. Yeah. And so we had, uh, gunplay and blood and you have to blood deal special with effects. We had to call, um, we had to call the, the sheriff of West Hollywood to let them know there's a pretend robbery going on. Yeah. At the Pink Dot so that they wouldn't come. Oh, here's a funny story about one of our Kickstarter supporters. Um, we had we had one who came out. She was going to be an extra. She came out. She's really an amazing woman from, from Pennsylvania. Um, and she wanted to be an extra, and she came out. I don't think she was able to be in the, the shoot in the scene where uh, everybody I was I know exactly extra. what happened. Yeah. She came to be an extra one day, and she had so much fun. And, you know, that was one of the perks that people paid, I think, oh, well, $250 to, to be an extra. She had such a good That's time. amazing that people pay to be an extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I we, had a, we had this wonderful woman flying herself in from Austria to be an extra. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was her this deal? Woman's name, this woman's name was Beth Hojack. And she, she flew and she herself amazing. in from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And was so, she, was and she, she a had, fan of... Yeah. She was a fan of, I think, both Van and Gail. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and so she was in a scene with Van, and he's, she's like, I, I'm in LA for another three days. Can I, If I give you another 250, can I come back and yeah. get another scene? So we said... And we were like, sure. Sure. So, but, so... The, the thing the is, scene, we were shooting the scene, that. The, the scene that, that we did with her was um, at the beginning of the movie, uh, there's, a, there's a, a fight at the house, and then uh, Van Hansis leaves and walks down to this Pink Dot Canadian store. Then he's followed by Gail Harold, who follows him. Then we see this character in a clown mask, very scary character in a clown mask, scary clown mask, follow them, and they go to the, the Pink Dot. And so she's like, so this, this woman, Beth, she says, uh, I will get a, get a hotel room right by the pink dot. So call uh, call me when you're ready to shoot the scene, and I will just come over. 
So she does. You want to? So it's this whole other right, enterprise right, that you have so, going right, on so, while you're making a movie. Right, you have this was, whole other crazy. Kickstarter enterprise. It was crazy. So it's like producing two movies. It was insane. Right. So so she shows up. Casper is there with Reiner shooting the scene, and he, like I, for some reason she was late or we were late. Something she, we didn't have time to explain to her what the scene was. So Casper just says, "Go walk that way." So she's walking towards. She doesn't know there's going to be on the sidewalk. As so, so she sees Van Hansis walk toward her. Then she sees Gail Harold walk toward her. Then she sees this scary guy in a clown mask. She had no idea what was coming. <laughs> yeah, which we did. We should have told her. That, well, how no, did she react? Did she blow she the tape or something? Out. No, she was very cool. Yeah, but she's she, like later. She's like, I kind of figured that was part. I was hoping that was part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I love that. She's just like, what? And then we ended up cutting the scene. Oh, we did. Oh, we yeah. ended up cutting it. Yeah, because that's that hurt. But but it was. Uh, she, but she had fun. She and she's in the she's in the other scene for yeah. sure. But uh, but yeah, the the problem I remember I don't know why we're talking about this, but one, one problem with with uh, with that because she was we had to you know we had to bring her back because she gave us money right. and so uh, but we didn't want her in the pink dot scene so we had to like you know that's how we ended up putting her on the street. Well, there was no. Well, there's no. There's, you don't want a lot of extras in there. There's no, there was or, no room. You know, because was, then it would be then you have witnesses, witnesses and yeah, it affects yeah. the story. So it was the only solution yeah. to it. But it was a it was a fun idea and we you know we were hoping to use the scene. It just you know. It's yeah. one of those things. What I liked about your movie, too, is that it's it, it, very sexy people in sexy situations, but it didn't have that that gay scene that's, like, a little bit too sexy. You know what I mean? It didn't sort of pander to the people that want to see dicks and stuff, you know? So how you know, did you decide I, how... Because you want to keep the story going. You don't want... It's, it's supposed you know, that was actually positive. the main reason was that there's so much plot in this film. There's so much happening, and yeah. we didn't have time to, yeah. to, to, to stop. Nothing wrong with that. We didn't have time for the dicks. We didn't have time for the dicks. For a big, you know, dick-revealing scene. But do you know what I'm saying? Well, it was sexy. Idea, there was sexy yeah. intrigue and all that stuff, and but it we, never we, stopped. We discussed this, and yeah. um, we... we both agreed that that was sort of the right thing to do for this film. It's still a very sexy film, and there yeah. are scenes of... Um, uh, you know, guy on guy. <laughs> oh yeah, they make out and all that stuff. But you know what I mean—that scene where everything stops right. and we right. all enjoy. Well, it. personally, I'm not a huge fan of sex scenes in movies. I yeah. feel like they're also it really dates them. It's always whatever the contemporary pop song is. I mean, I dates, have directed some, some great sex scenes. Well, right. you know, Casper, oh, yes. you're a very unique talent. <laughs> No, but, but, you know. but I think for this film, I think it felt. I, I think it felt right. Yeah. You know, I, you know, we haven't actually got any. You know, we, we've been the film has been playing at festivals for a year, and and uh, you know, we take questions from the audience afterwards, and we, we had never actually got a question about that. Why we, is it that more? We sex? got actually a scene. Somebody was asking us about the sex scenes they thought they saw. Yeah, they did. But I remember that now when which you said that, which was great. But but I have you know over the years when I've taken my films to festivals and and I definitely have audience members like, why isn't there more dick in this film? <laughs> I had that with a film that I co-wrote, Testosterone. I think there was this feeling like I got the feeling by the end of that little uh, chapter of publicity or whatever that gay guys wanted two things out of their movies: they want to feel good about themselves and they want to see cock. And sometimes those things work well, against each other. That was like my takeaway no at the time. Than the internet. <laughs> exactly. Well, now we have a lot well, more options. I do think that I do think with you know porn being so readily accessible yeah. for anyone who wants to see dick, I don't know why we have to put it in, in you know a, a major motion picture. But you know, our, yeah, exactly. our film is our film is also, by the way, it's it's a thriller first. Yeah, and. Um, it just happens to be set in a gay world, and the characters are not really struggling with their sexuality. Well, yeah, nobody's got a problem that somebody's going to find out that they're gay or anything right. like that. I it's like that. It's kind of like post-coming out. Yeah, you know, which I liked. Um, 
And so it's it's kind of an odd film to be in the gay film festivals for that reason. Because did you find resistance in some well, cases? We did find resistance, but we 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 found that you know there were there were two two things that we kind of sort of the takeaways from the, our film. We've played in over three dozen film festivals all over the world. It's been tremendous. We've won a bunch of awards. We've had just a great time meeting everybody and seeing the film with audiences. But you know there were there were two ways that they programmed us. They either programmed us as um, like midnight movie because it's kind of like you know, kind of a genre movie, right? yeah. And so a lot of the people that would come to these film festivals were older gay men, <laughs> right? And so during the screenings, there wouldn't be a lot of reaction from the audience. But then in the third act, when kind of shit starts happening, it gets a little crazy. You could always hear them like they, you know, the audience would come alive. And then the other thing was. And we, this happened to us uh, many times. We're very lucky that they programmed us as their opening night festival. And so it was like, remember that night in Tampa? Uh, it was like opening night. Open bar. Like, oh, <laughs> party. And, yeah. and it was packed, packed houses. This happened also in San Diego, which was an amazing festival. And if, our, if people show up to our film looking for a good time, the movie really delivers. Right. And those, those were our best screenings, you know, where people really were sort of showing up looking for a fun, you know, like I said, a thriller rather right. than, you know... That's, that's saying something about right. the gay condition right, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think our movie says something about the gay condition, too. I think it, it's, it's uh, in its way, it, it is, it, uh, you know, ponders the themes of monogamy, loyalty, love, sex, guilt. Um, those, those oh, it themes. says a lot more than I even realized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, was, there was some conversations in there, and especially in terms of, like, Brian's, or his name's not Brian. Uh, Steven. Steven yeah. has got different, uh, you know, right. entanglements going right. on. And right. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that. Um, let me see what else I have. Um, Shangela. Brings Shangela. It. I love Shangela. Shangela is she's a really good actress. Yes. yes. She is a really good actress. <laughs> She's a very good actress. Yeah. Now, how did you uh, land on Shangela? Uh, well, we actually had... Uh, uh, Shangela wasn't attached to it originally, but um, the actor that we had attached for that role was Willem. Willem. Uh, oh, yeah. We couldn't actually... My previous podcast guest. Oh, oh right. He's oh, wonderful. Just, he just hey, he's amazing, and he... He is... would have been great also, but what happened was the scheduling. Because he was we in Australia. He had to, he, you know, like those RuPaul drag race queens, they're making he so much money going all over the world. He's his own business. They're doing so much events and stuff. Yeah. And they them a lot tons of money. Of money and so he wanted to be in it, yeah. but it was just not working out, yeah. uh, you know, because he had to take this. And the other actor that we had to recast was Tom Lank, who we loved. Tom yeah, Lank what was Tom so Lank was going to do? Tom was Lank another was previous was podcast. Be, um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. Uh, no, we love Tom, and he was going to be the Jay Rodriguez character. I gotcha. And he couldn't do it for. he had some other commitment there was a scheduling issue or whatever and so we got Jay Rodriguez who we totally love and yeah. is amazing in the film so looks really good in a leather jacket out. Yeah. Yeah. but with Shangela she um, so I had met her at an event in New York and, and uh, I you know I was I don't know I, li- I love her yeah and she was uh, I think she she gave me her number saying like if you ever need an actor you know yeah, uh, and so I was like, "Wow, that was perfect timing." At the time, I didn't because we had Willem, but then he dropped. I was like, "We need to talk, call Shangela." Boom! Right. There you and go. Uh, she was actually it took a little convincing because it was very important yeah. for 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 a DJ, uh, his real name DJ, DJ uh, for for him that he didn't want to just appear in drag. He wanted to be right. also out of drag, and uh, and you know in a convinced you know like right. So so and that was something you were thinking about earlier before we even cast her. You were saying to me, "He goes." There's a scene where where Van Hansis goes to. 
her apartment and you were like, why is she in drag? Should she be in drag? And so <laughs> when, when, when Shangela asked you about this, you know, you, we, we I was like, yeah, yeah well, let's, that's definitely. easy. You know, we don't have yeah. to be in drag in every scene. <laughs> the problem was that we needed people for audience who don't know Shangela. We need them to, you know, from RuPaul that doesn't know what she looks like without being in drag. We needed to come up with a, a way so that, so that people know it's the same character right. in and out of drag. So what we did was that she's taking the drag off in the beginning of the scene. My 89-year-old uh, mother-in-law actually thought it was a, she was a woman. So she was really surprised by that. <laughs> oh, scene. wonderful. There you go. There you, that's another twist. Right? <laughs> that's, that's a fun twist. twist. a fun twist. Fun twist with makeup. What was the highlight of your film festival experiences? Was there a place where you went to? It was just magic. and I think uh, <clears throat> you mentioned San Diego opening night was really a, a fantastic screening for me. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, because they invited, they basically told us any actor who can, you know, get themselves down here from, L- you know, most of our actors are in LA, they, they put them up. So we had a That's huge, awesome. our whole a, cast was there. Right? We had a, um, yeah, it was the first yeah. time and really the whole, a lot of the cast, yeah. not everybody, but we had a big part of the cast were we, there. We, we had we, so much fun. We had a really fun group of people making the movie. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was so, it was like one of the hardest things we've ever done making this film. But in fact, like two or three days into it, we both had this. You know, like what if we got into? Did you have like, a simultaneous meltdown, or it was, was all one about, of you able to talk to the other one? We had a bad day on on location. I don't we, think we had a, any it, meltdowns it at the same day. time. No, no, we didn't have a oh, the rain day. Uh, meltdown was, was your word. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, I'm projecting. We had we had a day that was very challenging because the Los Angeles weather yeah. was not cooperating. For, I promised Casper that we would not get any rain in LA which seems yeah. like a decent promise. that feels uh, that's a fair bet and of course it rained and right. so we moved everything around and anyway the schedule no, I had I, I shot when I shot my film going down in La La Land in January yeah. um, and it ended up raining a lot and that, that year and I was like David let's not shoot it in January but it's like it's not gonna rain I promise you it's not gonna rain and it rained it did rained. you shoot in January? For, yeah. we did so but you guys didn't play Outfest no no, those fuckers. Did they? Did you submit and they just didn't program it, or what happened? No, yeah. Um, that, they, we don't that's know what a, they, That's a mistake on their part. They, I think that. Never mind. They would have been great. I mean, it's an like Come on. Ugh. I'm going to write a letter. It definitely would have been a great. Uh, f- but we're we're very excited about doing our own. L.A. premiere. I know. It's Tuesday night. Can people go? Or is it full? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's still a couple tickets. Okay, I'm going to put this up on Monday, and this is going to go on next Tuesday. So tell us the details of the premiere. It's playing at the Crest Theater in Westwood. Nice. And you can get tickets if you go to crestwestwood.com. Um, or go to our Facebook page, Kiss Me, Kill Me Movie. Right. And um, we're going to have, it's going to be a big, fabulous red carpet event. Uh, our entire cast is going to be there. And then we're going to have a really fun after party. You should come, Dennis. I want to come. come. I think I can yes. come. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Your cast is going to be there. After yes. party. Yes. yes. Pink dot, stuff from Pink Dot. And we're going to have Pink DVDs available for two. DVDs, t-shirts, two. posters. I love that. Because it's a, basically we're celebrating the film that's coming out on, on video on demand. And it's going to be on iTunes, yeah. on Amazon, and Google Play to start with. And also we're doing our own on Vimeo on demand. Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, the distribution has changed so much. You as a filmmaker, both of you guys have made previous films. It's like every time you make a film, it seems like the technology to get it out is different. And you have to educate yourself on yeah, yeah. What, it, what it is. I mean, we're doing, uh, we're, we're doing um, you know, when I started my first film, Slutty Summer, I sold to a distributor and I realized that, 
you know, why am I only making 20% of the money? Right. So you started doing your <laughs> so own I started, I started uh, right. gradually more and more doing my own distribution. And, uh, and, I mean, I said to David from the start, like, unless someone gives us, you know, more money than a film costs to make, you know, if we get a lot of upfront money, which no one really does anymore. Uh, I, I, I just want to do it myself. So one of the unfortunate things about gay uh, films and gay content is that there's never been a bigger demand for these kinds of movies for the gay, from, you know, from the gay community and certainly for people who are interested in it on Netflix. But there's but people don't want to pay for it. There's no money for there's it. There's no money for it to, to, from distributors. And so, you know, we thought it's best to just distribute it ourselves. So you're doing everything on your own in terms of... We, wow. We're working with uh, the Film Collaborative, which is right. an organization that help, to help filmmakers. So they are mm-hmm. helping us. Um, through them, we're putting it up on, uh, on iTunes, etc. And, uh, and we're doing our own DVD. It's going to be available on Amazon. It's There's already, some here that it looks like... Yes. We're gonna yes. have a, are we going to have a stuffing party at yes. the end yes. of this? Yes. Yeah, you I would say I love that kind that. of stuff. <laughs> Good. Um, I have a prop question for each of you. Now, a prop question? Yes. Uh, David, your previous movie was Such Good Money. Such Good People. Such Good People. But there's all this, they find, this couple finds all this money. This yes. gay couple finds all this yes. money. What did you use for fake money? And Casper, we, in we this had... movie, you have sperm on screen. Yes. As a kind of a plot, divide, plot thing. Right. What do you use? I don't remember what we used for the, for the sperm, actually. Here's, here's some... Um, it wasn't real sperm. I knew that. It, it was... It wasn't real and sperm. And I remember we had tests. You know, my art department came to me and like... With like four different... And like, hey, so oh, we're wait, doing... that wasn't real sperm? <laughs> Do you remember what the year? I don't know. I remember... I just remember something was going on that Exactly. Night. I brought in... No. I know. I don't remember what was used, but I remember, you know, having to approve the sperm. Yes. You're like, oh, this one. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I think I'm going to go with A. <laughs> I was that it. a tough decision? <laughs> you know, we had... It you was discussions. It, it was discussions. How does it photograph? We did have these... We did have... We had serious... And, you know, we had a lot of straight guys on the crew. That, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but we did have serious production conversations <laughs> about the texture, quality, and volume of... Well, it also... <laughs> you, as a viewer, it's part of the story. You have to see it... Right. No spoilers. Yeah, it, but I mean, it's it's important that it looks right. Right. Um, yeah. And so you pull oh, out a yeah. fake so hundred dollar bill. This is uh, we had fake money. You can that looks that? really pretty good go though. To, this is for the. I just pulled out a hundred dollar bill. It's a fake hundred dollar bill that um, we used when we shot such good people. Because you had to have a ton of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But, you know, you go. But it's just paper. I know. You go to a prop house and you they get it. it. And I, I will tell you uh, a funny story about that. But they look that, pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah no, no. no. It's ben, ben Franklin has a little sneer. Yeah, he's, he's going. But, um, he's he's giving you like the says, gay. And he's says, giving you the gay face. It says a on it for motion picture use only. So our, our so art cool. department for that movie, and when we wrapped the film, had all this money, tons of, it. Tons of cash in the backseat. And there are also drugs somehow show up in the prescription <laughs> yeah. drugs. So they, in the back seat of their car, they had all this money and all these bottles of prescription drugs, and they're driving back to the prop house in Burbank, and one of them makes like an illegal U-turn and gets pulled over by the police. And suddenly, <laughs> oh, it's like they think they've, you know, Burbank. That's a police, funny. That's a that's a setup for another movie, right? They think they've cracked this crime right. ring, and they're and and the two guys who are art department, uh, Dare Williamson and uh, Dare Williams and, and Roman Udalov. They were just like, you know, dude, it's it's fake, <laughs> and and the police would not believe them. They were not having like, it. We're working on a movie. It's, it's Burbank, Burbank. They're yeah. working on a movie. It's like can't make that leap. Anyway, I thought it was hilarious. That's uh, that's a fun setup for another thriller. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, you both pick some questions from the observation deck. Oh, so we're going to go back and forth. I thought um, we were going to make a surprise that we picked them. I know. I, I, know. No, I, I own it. I totally own it. Okay, I'm not sure whose stack this is. Somebody picked losing your virginity, thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay, so that was me. Thumbs are you down for losing, my, for losing my straight virginity? Yeah. Thumbs up for losing my gay virginity. Which one did you lose You know first? what? If you get the thumb up, you're not doing it right. <laughs> uh, no, I lost my straight virginity first. And it wasn't, you were just like not that You know, I did, well, once. I lost my gay virginity. I know it was a You're like, oh. for the first one. Yeah. Well, there is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Who the gay the gay guy? Were you uh, had you known him a long time? Were you dating or like what was the story? Um, oh gosh, it's a long time it ago. No, it, it was it was uh, no. I came out late actually. It was I was uh, um, uh, I was like 23, I think. 22. I was 22. That but was yeah. many years ago. Yeah. 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 That's so, a magical um, year. But yeah, it's, at least those were different times. <clears throat> All right. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, th- no, I, I was someone I, st- I dated. Awesome. Okay. David, you picked, where's the weirdest place you've ever seen your own image? Oh. Well, I don't know about weird, but when we were in San Diego for the film festival um, playing Kiss Me, Kill Me, which is coming out on DVD next uh, Tuesday, um, my husband and I were at that gay bar there. It used to be Hamburger Mary's. I think it's called Moe's now. Right. And I look at my phone and... Because it's full of Moe's. Yeah. And I get a text of a picture of me <laughs> right there. It was kind of weird, but it was Jay Rodriguez was there in the restaurant and he like spotted me and took a picture of me and texted it to me. So the weirdest place you've that's seen your face of, was that's on kind your of, phone? On my own phone. <laughs> on your own phone. It's a little bit... That's a little creepy. But it was a little like, you know, it just was like... It was very innocent, but yeah. it was just, it just kind of it was strange. I, that is cool. All right, Casper, you picked, if there was a doll of you that talked, what would it say when you oh pulled the string? It would say, buy my movie. <laughs> there you buy go. Buy Kiss Me, Kill Me. On buy DVD. Kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's a good thing. What's the best time you ever had in a limo, David? Oh, I did I choose that question? Yeah. Um, there was a time... I think we went party hopping. Me and my husband went party hopping on Halloween in a limo, and that was super fun. And What was your costume? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I think I dressed as Ali G that year. All right. Maybe? I want to answer that question, too. Go for it. Uh, so a few years ago, my always New Year's, you know, you never know what party to go to. Right. It's always and like, this is going to, how do I make this not suck? And then just yes. like, yeah. And it's in, in New York, you know, you try to get from one party to another, and it's like so much traffic, <laughs> you can't get anywhere. And you end up at midnight, like in a cab. Or, right. Yeah. But my so one year a friend of mine um, had rented a limo for the night and we it was the best New Year's ever. We were going to every party and when we were stuck in traffic between the parties, we were partying in the limo. It was the best. I highly it is great. It. It's great. I love that. Pre Uber. Pre Uber. All right. Um, what movie have you seen more than any other? I think uh, you like that. I think it might be a little movie called Kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah. You seen is... it more than the Such Good People? Would you say? Oh, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. If I were to, I don't know which one of my films I've seen the most. What was the biggest challenge in, in sort of when you came to cutting it? And was there was there a part where like, oh, this needs to move faster? Or well, the, like- the biggest challenge I think that uh, what we struggled most with or, or like, you know, was up for most discussions was, you know, how the how when people suspect the real killer how the mystery played out yeah. right. so, so or if somebody always, gets a certain look on their face is that sending people the right direction the right wrong direction? or are we like giving it too much away there's, you know, there's one point? scene in it there's one scene in it uh, which we were uh, which I can't really talk about without giving away a spoiler but there's one scene in it that we that's really in it to just distract the audience the plot doesn't move forward me as a writer I was like oh, I don't know about this scene and then we ended up leaving it in the movie because we just kind of liked it. Like, we had short. people watch the film 
had with the scene and we had other people watch it without mm -hmm. the scene and we tried to figure out you know from that like is the scene doing what we wanted to do kind of distracting people right. or is it actually giving away who the killer is more you know but it, and ultimately we couldn't get a clear answer we were like we love the scene let's just keep it let's in. keep it in you know, one of the things that was, it was really fun to have everybody seem suspicious or guilty perhaps. anyone every one of them could have done it because and you're like oh them the, they oh, were, those were fun scenes to write yeah. they're fun scenes to, to see and yeah. the actors really delivered on all of them that little sequence where uh, we sort of cut from yeah. it was like a, a montage with everyone sort of being interviewed by the detectives yeah. and everybody sort of seems like they could be they, could, they have a reason or they could yeah. have done it. I, I love your sexy British uh, therapist. Craig yeah. Is he really British? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's so cute. Craig Robert Young. He's amazing. Yeah, he's really good too. All right. I think this is yours, Casper. Where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? i gotten to go to so many places. I already mentioned Hawaii where, where I yes. shot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi Mo. Wi-Fi Hawaii Five O, but um, uh, I, I actually, you know, going to film festivals around the world with my films over the years have been so amazing. And I, I guess the most amazing places were probably, or most interesting for me, was probably Tokyo and South Africa. Wow! And where did you go recently? Uh, I was recently in uh, in Spain at the Mallorca Film uh, Evolution Mallorca Film Festival with Kiss Me Kill Me. Actually, how fun! Yeah. Was there ever a place that you went that you, that the reaction to your film surprised you because of their culture was a little different, or well, they picked up on something that you that surprised you? Uh, I mean, I was so surprised when I went to Tokyo yeah. uh, for the Tokyo Gay and Lesbian Film Festival with with a, my film, a four letter word, right? Um, and two thirds of the audience were were female. And I was like coming up and I thanked the audience afterwards. And I was like, I mean, it's so amazing to seeing all these lesbians here because usually at gay festivals, you know, the lesbians go to yeah. the straight film, you know, the, I mean, sorry, the lesbian films and the, and the gay men go to the gay films. And you have very funny mix. lesbians in, in Kiss Me, Kill Me. Oh, we have, have, a, lot of, we, we have a lot of yeah. great lesbian roles and, in this yeah. film. I hope the lesbians will come watch yeah. this film. And also. Yolanda Ross. But so, yeah. so uh, back to my story. I know. So I, I was on stage. I might have one lesbian listener. Oh, good. You know, definitely you want lesbian. Watch this movie. We have some great lesbian roles. Fantastic lesbians. Um, uh, but anyway, so I was in the station. I was like, you know, I'm so grateful to all these, you know, this so nice to see so many lesbians here. And, and like the festival person interviewed me, he was like, uh, these women are not lesbians. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so basically, and we, I mean, I know that now, but Were they Dutch? they're, they're, no, they're straight, straight, uh, straight, Japanese straight women love watching gay stuff. Oh, yeah, so we're actually releasing that. this film on, releasing Kiss Me, Kill Me on iTunes in Japan for that very reason, because yeah. we have a lot of, of, of Gail Harrell fans for sure in yeah. Japan. And, um, and you know, there are a lot of female and so, yeah, so there was all these women there and they were all, they were more, they were there were it. more straight women at the gay festival than gay men watching my film. And I was just in Hong Kong last month for the Gay Lesbian Film Festival. So How fun. Two sold out amazing screenings. And the most amazing thing that happened uh, there was after the film, I met this, this really fun lesbian couple who had just produced themselves a gay uh, pride event like the week earlier and the gay pride event in Hong Kong is called Pink Dot. And <laughs> yes, so, so they could, and they were also, by the way, huge queer folk fans. So they were like, went nuts for Gil Harold. They, when they saw that there's a place called Pink Dot in West Hollywood, that's in the movie, they just, their minds exploded. It, yeah, that's a lot of yeah. dots connected. Yeah. 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 Literally. Yeah. yeah. Dots. A lot of I pink dots that. collected. Connected. Um, so my last question is both of you guys have, have made, you've made a lot of gay films, Casper, and you've, You've done a, a number of them, and it's not 
easy to stay in that world or it doesn't, you know, you don't always make, a, you don't make a bunch of money, but you do it because you love it. What keeps you guys going? What, what fires you up? Because it's a, it's a lot of work to see a film through the whole process with the it's fundraising endless, and everything. It's amount of work. Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's as long as I, for me, you know, it's not worth it for me anymore to just make a film just to make it. Right. Like, because it is so much work. It's a lot. And, and, it's you've, not, and you've done financially, that. Financially, it's not, no, you know, you've done that rewarding. That. I get so, it. So, so for me, it has to be something, uh, uh, f- you know, new and interesting about the project. Like, uh, I, I'm kind of known for my sexy romantic comedies because I made a couple of, of yeah. those that were very successful. And, and so I got, end up getting a lot of scripts with those type of scripts people sent to me. It's like, oh, you should make this, you know, it's like write up your, and it's like, I made this already, you know, right. I don't really want to make this again, you know. Sure, I'll make uh, a sexy, uh, you know, gay romantic comedy again if there's some, you know, something different about it. Uh, so with this script, I thought it was, you know, this is something I haven't done before. Um, I, uh, you know, and I think, you know, it's a great story and, uh, you know, that made me excited about doing it. So yeah. I, I have, um, I have, there's, you know, I, I do want to work in, in different genres and, uh, and I definitely totally open for making, um, you know, mainstream movies. Right. But, uh, um, but if, if there's a, a gay film coming along, I mean, those, I mean, that's, that, that I'm very excited about it. Right. I relate to that as a writer because I tend to write things about, about my life or things that I so there's going to be gay stuff in that right. and, and I've been kiss, told kiss you know write a, write a straight right. thing and you'll you know and doors will open but it's it's hard that's not your life it's not what I know you know I've tried those projects but the ones that really come to life are the ones that are more personal right yeah so, no, for sure yeah yeah so as a writer you know that's what how I got started in this in this business is because those are the stories I wanted to tell right and, uh, and you felt a connection to that yeah right and but you know for, for me to direct you know make a straight film I probably you know I don't know maybe I wouldn't write it myself I mean actually I do have a couple ideas for stuff I do want to write but yeah but um, uh, but yeah I think um as for me as a writer, I mean, I'm just making, telling relationship stories. You know, I want to tell gay stories. Right. That, you, that you're connected to. Right. I think it's what up about to you, us. David? I think it's up to us as gay writers and artists to tell our stories. Right. Um, I don't think that if, if we don't tell them, I don't think other people would. Or certainly not get it right. It's kind of right. annoying when they try attempt it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is watch something from, you know... 20 years ago that was done very well intentioned. You know, I just watched, the other day I watched Dog Day Afternoon. Right. Which is this amazing film about this guy who robs a bank to raise money for his his uh, trans boyfriend who wants to get the surgery to become a woman. And they just, you know, I mean, it was very, there's it was very sweet and innocent, I guess, in its, in its way, but... It, they just kind of got it all really got all the sexuality wrong. Right. And, you know, I mean, at the time, I guess it was really cutting edge, but I mean, that was the early seventies. But, um, you know, I, I'm very excited about this film because I don't think there's ever been a movie quite like it. And, you know, that has to do with the genre, but also just the fact that, you know, we put so much into it and that it, that it kind of, we were just commenting about the, the video, the DVD box, which was designed by this, a really talented graphic artist named Scott McPherson who did our poster. He also did the opening titles to the movie. The and opening titles are badass. I love them. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, re- you know, Saul Bass. It's a reference yeah, yeah, to yeah. kind of an homage to that. So, um, what, you know, like I said earlier, it was really amazing. It was an amazing experience making the film because there were so many people like him, for example, who who showed up and, and just really delivered. And, you know, and I think it, it comes through... It comes through everything from the DVD box, you know, through the whole film. 
Another person I want to really talk about or mention is Jonathan Dinerstein, who did our music. Who there's I, there's cool music in this. Yeah, I think he. And he, there's also a song called "Kiss Me, Kill Me." Yeah, by Sir Paul. Yeah, uh, which is a pop pop dance song, which is amazing. Did I you mean, have it written for the thing, or does he, it exist? He wrote it for it. He had written. Uh, he had worked on a song for my for going down in La La Land, and so when we announced this, he did a Kickstarter campaign. He's like, he's like, oh, it inspired me to write a song, and he sent it. You know, rec- all recorded, all done. And it's like, oh my god, this is perfect. He wrote a song without you asking. Oh he yeah, just sent it to you? and then he and did. Then, a, then we had and, a video. And then we, yeah, but then we did ask him if he would. Uh, if he would come and actually perform it in the club scene, yeah. Uh, so we can use the, you know, we use oh, so that's him. That's yeah, performing yeah, it. Yeah. And what I love about that is it's kind of an homage to like one of those old '40s film noirs or '50s film noirs where the guy, you know, there's always a scene where the guy goes into a nightclub and there's always some hot chick singing, right. and we have our, our version of that you in do. this film, right? But and but I was just want to say Jonathan Dinerstein, who's our composer, did our film score, is just this extraordinary talent. And he gave what I consider like a world class studio level soundtrack, which is also available on iTunes uh, for our thriller. And uh, just really beautiful and gorgeous and exciting. And and you know he was somebody else we were very lucky to get. The film was lucky to get him. Awesome. Yeah. Well, give us the plugs again before we wrap it up. Like. It's available this coming Tuesday. Yes, it's available now. Basically, yeah. you can pre-order it on Amazon already. There you go. And, yeah, uh, and it, it's you know it's a worldwide. You worldwide, can... it's going to be available on uh, Vimeo on demand. So just go to kissmekillmemovie.com, uh, and there's a link there too. To all the stuff, all yeah. the ways. Embram, embram.com, my production, yeah, my, my site, embram.com. You can get it all. Uh, posters, DVDs, love it. Downloads. Well, and congratulations. Thank I you really so enjoyed much, the Dennis. movie. I hope a lot of people see it. A lot of women in Japan are going to love it, I know. <laughs> I have a feeling. But, uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. The subtitles. We have 10 different tracks of subtitles, including Japanese. There you and go. And Swedish. And, and Hebrew so, and Spanish. And this and is all, again, thanks to our fantastic supporters on Kickstarter and stuff who helped us yeah, translate we, I mean, the film. You had like, Kickstarter people film, trans- translating. We gave German, them 10 minutes Italian, each Russian, to It's in Russian, Swedish, Hebrew, Japanese, Chinese. I mean, this is... Unbelievable that we were able to. This is Casper actually kind of spearheaded this. I was like, yeah, let's get subtitles, you know, because you know, if we can sell it around the world, why not? Yes, and so you went to your Kickstarter supporters and say, hey, do one of you speak? Da, 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 da. Yeah, anyone who wants to help. Actually, what we asked them was like, we sent a message. Anyone want to help us translate to your native language? Send us a message, and we ended up the languages that we have is based on who actually was available. And they all but did that's it. Pretty much all the big I mean, languages. that's that's a. Not a little ask. Like we had a couple of people it. working in Portuguese, but we didn't get that finished, unfortunately. Those fuckers. I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing. You guys are really inspiring, not just because the movie's really fun and sexy and cool, but that you made it all happen all the way through. So Thank my hat so is off. Much. Thanks All right. You. Watch it. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks again to David and Casper. Check out their movie, Kiss Me, Kill Me. It's on video on demand and DVD. Uh, everywhere this week. All right, so this happened. Um, there's one of my favorite holiday traditions in L.A. is a show called Bob's Holiday Office Party. They've been doing it for 21 years, and it's this uproarious comedy set in a small-town Iowa insurance office, and Bob is the lead, and uh, all of the people that come to the party are the crazy locals who always get into trouble, and he has to bail them out. Anyway, it's hilarious, I saw the, the the show last night, and Miley Flanagan, former podcast guest, is in it. And what I loved about it this time is they added some Trump jokes. Um, and um, one of them was um, somebody brought up global warming, and Miley's character goes, oh, I didn't vote for that. Um, <laughs> like you could vote for global warming. 
And somebody else brought up taxes, and her character goes, oh, paying taxes is for losers, which I think is what we all think now in America. <laughs> I wonder where we got that idea from. Anyway, if you're in L.A., it's a great holiday tradition, and I'm still tickled by it, uh, you know, 18 hours later. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thanks for my patrons. If you want to become a patron, you can learn about it at DennisAnyone.net. There's also some pictures that I posted of Willem's workspace. Uh, if you're curious about what that looks like. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to my friends Dave and Alonzo, Dave White and Alonzo Giraldi. They do the Linoleum Knife Knife Podcast. It's an awesome movie review podcast, and they always give me a plug, and I always forget to plug. So um, I listened to a bunch of them back-to-back during a recent road trip, and I love hearing them talk about movies and also just bickering about food and stuff around the house. It's great. It's like like a domestic sitcom plus, uh, you know, Sneak previews with Ebert and Roper, or whoever it is. Ebert and who's the other guy? Siskel. All right. Gosh, I can't believe I came up with Roper. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye! Bye!